Hello and welcome to another episode of Conspiracy Pilled, the mostly hinged conspiracy podcast. I am Abby Libby. I'm here with my co-host PJ Williams. What's up, PJ? Hey, how's it going, Abby? I'm excited to be here. Excited to be talking about some uh, some more uh, an interesting a new a new topic for us on this show. A, a new a new thing. A, a new, new thing. Stuff. Yeah. Cactus is uh, is really worried that she's going to get traumatized again. She sued us for nine hundred. 68 bazillion dollars i think it was kajillion yeah 968 kajillion dollars kajillion yeah. oh i'm so sorry you can do that now you can just sue people that don't even mention your name on the internet uh <laughs> we, did, um, we did settle out of court for one dollar on that one um just full disclosure to everybody yep. i think it was a fair <sighs> price so what are we what are we talking about tonight abby oh i was you gonna uh, ask me? I'm, I'll tell people what we're talking about. All oh right, God. so <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought you were bringing something to the table. We're both. You know what? We're both bringing something to the table. Yeah. So tonight's gonna be interesting. This is gonna be our first episode dealing with cryptids and urban legends. We're gonna be talking about the Michigan Dog Man and the Bunny Man Bridge, which is a uh, Virginia. Is it Virginia or West Virginia? It is Virginia. Yeah, Fair Fairfolk County or something, Virginia. Perfect. Fairfax County, Virginia. It, that one's yours, okay? So I'm allowed to screw up the details on it. Uh, we're going to be talking about that. We got some, uh, you know, it's October. We thought we'd get in some some creepy urban legend type stuff uh, that's uh, local for both of us. So I've got the Michigan Dogman. Abby's got the Bunny Man Bridge out in Virginia. And uh, I'm pretty excited to be talking about this stuff. Yeah, I think one of these is a cryptid. And one of these is like kind of true crimey folklore. like a story there that kind of just grew and snowballed, basically. Right. Like in a way, they're both folklore. But yeah, Dogman is definitely more cryptid than Bunny Man. It's funny because if you just hear the names, just like, oh, Bunny Man, Dogman, Wolfman, it's all the same type of thing. But they're actually all pretty different. So um, and really quickly before we get started, I'd like to say for the uninitiated what a cryptid is, because you might be hearing that word. And obviously it's a conspiracy podcast. But we like to deal with uh, the strange and the paranormal and, uh, and a lot of different type of stuff. So it's going to be we're going to have some episodes like this. We're going to have some stuff that's like really conspiracy we had that true crime slash conspiracy one with murda so we're going to be changing it up a little bit a cryptid though is an animal such as something like sasquatch or loch ness monster that's been claimed to exist but it's never actually been proven to exist um and really quickly with cryptids uh, I, I find the, the the conversation around them interesting because i think a lot of people just write it off but you have to realize that the giant squid which is a, a real thing uh, was not was not actually first photographed until 2004. And the most interesting thing to me is the mountain gorillas. I didn't know that they were just thought of as ape men until 1902. They were they weren't really discovered like till 1902. So that's not that long ago. That's 120 years. The board observer is in the chat. Which board observer is a, is a cool YouTube channel. You should check it out. But he said i need at least one cryptid to be true that's that that's what we're saying some yeah. of them turned out to be true some, pretty recently the, some of them have the turned out to be true gorilla? yeah i believe i believe a lot of cryptids are true to be honest i think it, it's crazy to me because uh i think we we get this idea in our heads that everything has been discovered we live in this modern age where there's nothing left to explore there's no mystery but the more i dive into cryptid stuff the more i realize that there you know i was reading a book this week or i was i was listening to a podcast about a book this week is probably more specific uh, about uh this this area in um somewhere in africa this giant area huge like hundreds of square miles or thousands of square miles where they didn't believe any elephants existed. And the guy went out there and found there's lots of herds of roving elephants, but it took him decades to find them. So in Africa where elephants exist, you know, in a place where they're like, no, there's no elephants here. This guy actually went out and proved 
Uh, and, and I guess it's not as easy to find things that you know are there uh, as you would think. So pretty yeah. interesting. I'd also like to point out with when we describe some of these cryptids, I think they might come out different even sometimes than we realize. And I, one of the examples a lot of people give is if someone told you that there was an egg laying mammal with the bill of a duck, the tail of a beaver, the webbed feet of an otter and the venom of a snake, you would think that doesn't exist. But that is just a platypus. Yeah. So. And if you put a hat on it, it's Perry the platypus. Uh, can I can't can we cancel Abby for that joke? Okay, uh, we'll we'll, we'll move on. We'll, we'll save you from that one. Okay. So I'm gonna talk. Right. We'll, we'll start with Dogman tonight. How's that sound? Uh, Dogman. Do All right. So Dogman is a cryptid, and it's part of Michigan folklore. And the Dogman has been described in different ways by different people, but generally it's described as a creature having a man's body and a dog's head. Uh, usually when it's talked about, it's about seven feet tall with blue or amber eyes. So, so, you know, when you're driving down the road and your headlights hit a deer or something like that, the, the eye shine is green for pretty much every animal. I think raccoons, deer, possums, whatever with, uh, with uh, dog man, it's always described as either blue or amber. And then there's people who've seen him in the daytime who said in the daytime, his eyes are just like black. So I don't know, which isn't weird, I guess. I think dog, I mean, you know, dogs and stuff like that, eyes are pretty much just black. So, sure. um, it's also are basically black too. Your eyes are basically black. Well, that's because you didn't make your husband's dinner on time. So uh, <laughs> bad joke, bad joke. Uh, anyway, so uh, one of the other weird things about uh, the dog man is that it screams like a child in terror. So it doesn't make the normal wolf sounds you would expect from. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that are going to set the dog man apart from a werewolf. Uh, but one of them is is the scream. People describe it as uh, a woman screaming or a child in terror um, not generally described as a howl or, or bark or anything like that. Um, a lot of the stories say that the dog man has three fingered hands and some even say that it looks kind of like Bigfoot with a snout. So there's a lot of different description of, of dog man, uh, that we'll, we'll get into, but, uh, have you ever heard of the dog man, Abby, or is this the first time you're hearing of this? Only from you. When we Only were talking about me. doing this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's well, I mean, it, so it did start off as Michigan folklore. It, it, it's actually was earliestly the earliest recorded sighting in Michigan was in 1887 in Wexford County. Um, and it's typically cited in the northwest quadrant of the lower peninsula. So uh, <laughs> I feel like this always needs explanation because I, I've lived in Michigan most of my life, but I've lived I've lived all over the country. Whenever I tell people about Michigan, it's it's crazy to me how many people don't know that it's two peninsulas connected by a bridge. Uh, you knew that, right? Yes. No. <laughs> you got to speak up. You're really quiet tonight. Um, yeah. So the, the lower part of Michigan is shaped like a, a hand, like a mitten. It's called it's called the mitten. And then the top part is connected by a bridge. So there's two different parts that don't actually touch by land. Oh. Yeah. So the upper peninsula. Uh, you know, is the one that's, uh, you know, duh. But the, when I'm saying the, the northwestern quadrant of lower peninsula, I'm not saying the most northern part of Michigan, just the most no northern part of the lower peninsula of Michigan. So uh, area that I've got a lot of family and I've, I used to live in that area. I don't live in northwest lower Michigan right now. But uh, yeah. So anyway, the earliest <laughs> that, that makes sense, Thanks though, right? The geography lesson. No, I it's so crazy to me. People don't know that. I just thought I just thought it was common knowledge, kind of like how uh, Louisiana is shaped like a boot, you know? Okay. Or Florida's a peninsula or whatever. If anyone hasn't noticed, I, I have a new mic tonight, and I'm, like, very distracted by it. I noticed that. 
<laughs> Katie Zed says Michigan people are weird. That's not you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That is so true. Yeah, there, there, there'll be a lot of weird stuff in this story. So, I was supposed to be born in Michigan. My parents were going to like college in Michigan, but then I came five weeks early while they were on winter break. So, so where were you? Where were you born then? In Maine. In Maine. Okay. Yeah. Were they? Were your parents going to U of M? They were. It was a mission school. It's a Christian, a Christian Bible college, something. Oh, okay. Around. Uh, I'm curious if you if you think of the name, you should tell me that. I, I went to a Christian Bible college in Michigan, so. Okay. <laughs> Which one did you go to? You know what's funny? I'm like literally blanking on it right now. I'm blanking on my own college. I know exactly where it's at. And I'm just like, Great Lakes, Michigan. I don't know. Some some super Michigan sounding name. <laughs> I'm so sorry for derailing this conversation. It's, it's all good. It's all good. So um, back to back to Dogman a little bit. Uh, earliest sightings were reported all throughout Michigan. However, Soon it spread to other places like Wisconsin and alleged sightings began to pop up all over the country. So a lot of the sightings I've heard, I've been listening to a lot of different Dogman sightings. What's crazy about Dogman is it's, I feel like it's kind of becoming the next Sasquatch. Like it, it might not have like full, uh, you know, cultural consciousness everywhere, but it, amongst cryptid people, it's really, it's really taken off in the last 20 years or so. <clears throat> um, I've listened to a lot. There's one, there's one podcast, I think it's called like Michigan dogman stories or something like that. It's literally 500 episodes long where this guy just tells stories of Michigan dogman sightings. Like there's that many of them. Well, I guess I shouldn't say Michigan. It goes all over is my point. So now people are seeing them in Colorado. Uh, a lot of people are seeing them in New Jersey, Wisconsin. Um, some people have pointed out that uh, the beast of Bray road, may be the same type of cryptid. I don't know if you're familiar with Linda, Linda Godfrey's Linda Godfrey's book, the beast of Bray road or that whole cryptid. No, yeah, it's 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 interesting enough of a story that it deserves its own episode. So we're not going to go into <clears throat> the Beast of Bray Road, but some of the alleged pictures of it do make it look kind of like a dog man. And it, what's weird to me besides all of that is that, again, I, I keep hearing these dog man stories where it's like sometimes it looks and sounds like Bigfoot and sometimes it looks and sounds like uh, a werewolf. And I've heard a lot of people kind of describe this as in. People might be mixing them up as far as like people are used to saying Sasquatch. So if you're in a place like Michigan where it's more likely that it's something like Dogman, people are just like, well, they, they've never heard of Dogman. So they're calling it Bigfoot. They're calling it Sasquatch. And then in other places, people might be calling something Sasquatch that's really more dog-like than ape-like, I guess. Do you think it's editing their memories at all? Like what they're expecting to see and therefore what they're kind of describing? I think I think that's the case. Um, again, a lot of these uh, sightings too are quick glimpses, something crossing the road, something in the woods. So mm -hmm. it, it you know it could be it could be a lot of different things. Um, there's there's a lot of crazy stories. We'll get into some of those in a minute, and uh, maybe we'll make a little bit more sense. Um, but the yeah the beast of Bray Road's been described by a lot of eyewitnesses as a werewolf. Some have likened it again to Sasquatch, and others described it as some kind of bear hybrid creature or massive prehistoric wolf. So those are all the descriptions you would get with Dogman as well. Um, but uh, from what I recall, and again, this will have to be a different episode, there's a lot of supernatural weirdness around the Beast of Bray Road. Um, more so than with Dogman. Not that there isn't plenty of those stories with Dogman. We'll get into some of those. But I feel like the majority of, or at least the early stuff of Dogman, is definitely more like uh, more more along the lines of a cryptid, more along the lines of some type of creature in the woods that we don't quite know what it is. It's not really a wolf, but, uh, you know, th then okay. it gets into the weird stuff. So, um, 
we'll go into so talk about this legend really quick. Uh, the first encounter, like I said, happened in 1887 in Wexford County when two lumberjacks saw a creature which they described as having a man's body and a dog's head. And according to the local legend, and I think this mostly comes from a song we're going to be talking about here in a minute, they say that the dog man appears in 10-year cycles. Um, and I, like That's just things some people say. It's just part of the folklore, but it's not... I don't think people pay any attention to that part because there's so many sightings that it's not even... Uh, you'd have to discount a lot of them for that to be the case. Okay. Uh, but I think that mostly comes again from this 1987 song, The Legend of the Michigan Dogman. It gained popularity when the disc jockey Steve Cook, uh, I think he was up in Traverse City on WTCM-FM, recorded a song about the creature and its reported sightings, and he titled this song The Legend. I kind of want to play it, but okay. I think... Like, okay, so just, just to let people know, last week we were really worried about our episode getting taken down, and it did briefly, and it was over a clip we played. So I think they were trying to find an excuse to take that episode down. We got it back up. We got it back on. So if you guys want to check that episode, it's still at this moment, still on YouTube. And of course, the full episode's over on Rumble. But what I think I'll do is instead of playing the song, or maybe I'll play 20 seconds of it, you let me know, um, is we will listen to this over on the Rumble only section because I really don't want to get this video like instantly taken down the first thing in the morning for playing too much of some uh, of another video. So I, I, I don't know. It's like I, I feel like a local radio song is probably not going to affect the censors on YouTube, but who knows? You so never know. you never know. You never know. We'll play it a little close to that one. So we'll play it. We'll play it a little bit of that song later. But that's uh, that is really where the 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 story of Michigan Dogman kind of starts to form. So um, from some of the articles I've read, actually, Steve Cook is kind of the one who coined the name Dogman. He didn't he says he didn't come up with Dogman like the 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 legend, I guess, exactly. How should I put this? He came up with the legend, but he 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 came up with it from stories he had heard growing up in Michigan. So. Uh, there's this one article I have where he says, uh, let me see. He says, uh, eyewitness reports. Um, oh, where is it? Uh, I came up with the creature of Dogman. He says, a half man, half dog, and developed it into a poem. It was kind of an amalgamation of all these creatures I'd heard as a kid and heard stories about. So I think the name actually comes from 1987. But so he, anyway, anyway Steve Cook plays this song. He does it on April 1st. And he says it was some kind of prank. So he makes up this this song, this story about the dog man that comes around every 10 years. And he starts with the, the tale of 1887 with the lumberjacks. And then he talks about, uh, you know, basically he's got a story for every 10 years. And then the song is released in 1987. So it's the 100-year anniversary of the first sighting of the dog man. And he's like, hey, it's been 10 years. We still haven't seen, a, you know, a dog. Maybe there will be a dog man coming. So it's like this April 1st joke. And the morning of April 1st, he plays it once or twice throughout the morning. And I think by the third time he had played it, he started getting like a flooding of calls. So this is really where Dogman started to take off. People started calling in. They're like, hey, I have no, I had no idea that this was a thing. I didn't know that there was a thing called the Dogman. I didn't know what to call it, but I've got stories. I've seen things. I've heard things. And Steve Cook's kind of been the guy that people go to. He's He's been a... He's actually forwarded a lot of these stories. He's made it kind of a part of his radio persona. And for a while there, um, the Dogman song went outside of its April 1st, kind of April Fool's Day joke thing into being a full-fledged, like very popular uh, local radio song. So. Wow. Okay, so quick question. Yeah. It, does it walk on all fours like a dog? Okay, so yeah, that's the, that's that's a good question. So it does and it doesn't. It it walks on both all fours and it walks on two legs. 
So in a lot of the stories, it almost sounds like it's transforming a little bit. So some people will say like its arms kind of extend out and then it goes down on all or it, it's on all fours and it runs and it comes up and its arms kind of like seem to extend from its body or grow or whatever. It depends. But basically it is a quadruped and a biped. So it can go okay. back and forth between the two. So kind of like how you would uh, how you would see uh, a werewolf in certain movies. Some people have said that it looks a lot like the werewolves in um, or the lycanthropes in uh, Underworld. You ever see Underworld? No. Okay. Well, you, you hate scary movies. Why would you watch Underworld? You hate blood so and gore scary. and scary movies. So that would not be uh, your wheelhouse. So yeah. But uh, that's kind of how people describe it. Um, and then other people have argued, they're like, no, it looks more like Sasquatch with a snout. Uh, some people, it looks like, says it looks like Sasquatch, but uh, basically below the knee is got like the backwards kind of dog leg instead of a normal human foot like a, like a Bigfoot would have. Um, yeah, so we'll get into some pictures and some evidence here in a little bit. I want to describe the legend and some sightings because I do have, uh, I have some video evidence. I've got some picture evidence uh, and some other stuff. So... so some of these sightings, of, of course, we talked about the 1880s or the yeah the 1887 sighting. There was another famous one, and there's so many, so I had to kind of narrow it down to like what are the more popular ones that are being spread in Michigan folklore. What are the more interesting ones? Honestly, if I was trying to find like the best dogman stories ever, I'd have to sort through like thousands and thousands and thousands of them. And some of them are not written down; they're more in podcasts and interviews and things like that. So there's a lot of interesting dogman stuff out there, but I'm going to go through a few. So the first one I'll bring up. It happened in 1938 in Paris, Michigan, uh, when a guy named Robert Fortney was attacked by five wild dogs and said that one of them walked on two legs. This is another thing that happens in a few of these stories is that it's either that they travel in packs like wolves or that the dog man kind of becomes the pack leader of local wolves and dogs. It, that's kind of what it sounds like more to me. Like I've heard uh, quite a few stories. It's like, yeah, here's a normal pack of dogs or wolves. And then one of them is just huge. It's seven feet tall. It stood up on its hind legs. Uh, it had amber or blue glowing eyes. It was not the same as the rest of them. So I think that's what this sighting is saying in, in uh, 1938. So Steve Cook actually recounted this story for Robert Fortney uh, many years later. He says, all the dogs scattered out of the way except a very large black dog with blue eyes. It stood and looked and looked at him for two minutes. He was amazed by the fact that this thing was standing there looking at him on two legs, Cook said of Fortney's account. He claimed uh, he never told anyone in his family or friends about it because he thought he was crazy. When he heard the song, he thought, wow, there's really something to this. I really saw what I saw. He claimed it up until the day that he died, uh, and that was the first of more or less avalanches of reports we received over the years. So that's, again, that's Steve Cook telling that story. So, yeah, it seems to be a lot of people started coming forward and, and talking about this because of Steve Cook's song. So the song was a joke, but then everyone starts coming forward. Yeah, it, it was it's a joke, but I guess it was also kind of based on like, you know, stuff you'd hear around uh, the hunting cabin or things like that. A lot of, sure. you know, maybe hunters talking about uh, I mean, Michigan's got a really big um opening day for deer season is, is like a, is a holiday here. So, uh, you know, it's not uncommon for the local radio stations to take uh, deer stories on, you know, during hunting season and play hunting songs, things like that. I've heard other people play, you know, talk about the, the dog man song. We'll play it later being kind of corny and stupid. And I'm like, I, it just reminds me of my childhood. Like I never heard the song growing up, but it just reminds me of like Michigan radio station stuff as a kid. You know, you got a lot of the 
similar sounding stuff. You've got uh, Deupers and you've got Bananas at Large and all these uh, kind of hunting redneck based uh, radio stuff. So it's not uncommon. It, it, it's, it's like I said, it just reminds me of my childhood. So I'm sure this guy was, he- you know, hearing stories from people right. um, through his radio calls and stuff like that. Probably where he picked some of this up. So, the concept of of leading a pack of wolves isn't that part of the Dracula story too? Is it is it the vampire led a pack of wolves? L- L- did Dracula lead a pack of wolves? Yeah, he had he had like this pack of either vicious dogs or wolves. I'm gonna have to remind myself. Are you talking yeah. about Bram Stoker's Dracula? Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, oh man, it's been a minute since I read it, but I think you're right. He was able to like call wild animals. On his behalf, I remember there's one specific part of the Dracula book. And I don't remember all the details, but basically, there's a guy that works at a graveyard or something with a dog, and his dog starts going wild because Dracula's like calling him. To, I don't know. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, Bram Stoker's Dracula is really interesting. Um, I have to listen to that one again. Uh, so the next story that I've got is from 1961 in Big Rapids, Michigan. This is when a night watchman was patrolling a manufacturing plant where he saw a peculiar figure. At first, he thought it was a person until he saw the dog-like features. He pulled his gun and was about to shoot when he remembered his camera and took it out uh, and took a picture of the horrific beast. This fo- And then some of the some of the sites say this photo's not been analyzed yet. Here's the photo. You know, stuff like that. I'll just show it to you. Uh, you can <laughs> decide for yourself. But this is the this is supposedly the photo. It's kind of hard to find like there's I found this from Pinterest that was linking it back to the story. And then some articles pulled this from Pinterest or from wherever and said that this is the, the, the one he's talking about. But in some of the articles, it also says that he didn't turn over the photo and didn't get it analyzed. So I don't know. Uh, huh. th- that's I'm, I'm not sure. I feel like the story might be like something someone actually said. It, it might be a creepypasta. I, I'm not sure I believe anything about this picture. I, I feel like the pictures. I don't know. What do you think of it? It looks off to me. Like I, I'm here ready to believe that this thing exists. But as soon as I saw the picture, I was like, that's fake. Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. That's what's so interesting <laughs> about Dogman is I feel like there's part of me that really does believe it exists. Uh, and I'll get into why, but there's also a lot of people because it's folklore, because it's fun, because it started off as kind of a radio joke. Uh, and it's a creepy pasta. It's an internet thing. There's definitely a ton of stuff around Dogman That's just like people making up stories, people posting f- pictures and creating their own stuff. So, like having listened to a lot of people who have seen Dogman or heard Dogman or things like that, I tend to believe. I'll actually tell you why I believe Dogman uh, more than more than most. Um, I actually, so I'm not going to claim that I had a, a Dogman encounter per se, but I think I kind of did, and I'll tell you why. So earlier when I said that it sounds like a child screaming or it sounds like a, I've heard a lot of different descriptions. Some people it sounds like a. Uh, demonic entities basically like some people literally describe it as a very demonic sounding uh, scream cackle howl uh, very unearthly Um, so when I was a kid I was probably I had to have been about nine or ten years old and I was in the northwestern (laughs) quadrant of lower Michigan I was up in Elk Rapids um, and uh, I had a friend out there and we were at his house and we decided that, you know, I was, I was having a sleepover at his house. And we decided instead of staying in the house, we were going to set up a tent out in the woods behind his house. So we walked out in the woods a ways and we set up a tent and we were hanging out and whatever. And it was probably about two in the morning that we decided to finally lay down and go to sleep. And I don't think we had been laying down for more than 10 minutes when we both just shot up out of, uh, you know, just in our sleeping bag, just shot straight up like, what the hell was that kind of thing? 
And then we listened again. Something woke us up. And, and we were listening again. And I, I, it's been hard for me to describe this sound. But the best way I've been able to describe it uh, is that it sounded like you would imagine a goblin screaming and cackling to sound like. Like I know that's the way I just like that's the way I think of it anyway. It sounded unearthly. It sounded demonic, and it was going on for ten minutes of just pure terror. I've never like I've never been as terrified in my life as I was when I was in that tent hearing this sound. Um, and eventually we were like, it sounds like it's getting closer, and it was beyond. I've, I there's no way I could have described at that time what it sounded like. There's no, like no reference point to anything. Um, so eventually we gathered up our nerves, we unzipped the tent, we sprinted back to his house and we woke his parents up and they were, someone says, imitate the sound. Not a chance. I could, I couldn't anyway. Um, so we, we woke his parents up, you know, just absolutely terrified Two 10 year olds that just heard something unearthly in the woods. And they tried to calm us down and said, well, in Northern Michigan, there's things like bobcats, there's things like mountain lions. It was probably that. And they started playing, uh, sounds on the computer of of mountain lions and bobcats and in heat and stuff like that which is weird granted and i'm going to play it for you so you can kind of see what i'm talking about oh, so I'm this so is glad. this is the sound of a mountain lion which sounds way different than than uh, you would imagine it to sound so let's check this out So we, it's weird, right? Yeah. It's weird. And I grant you that. And I understand. I'm telling you, though, I've listened to these sounds and I've tried to find something to match that, uh, that sound I heard in the woods when I was 10 my whole life. And that is not it. That's not it. Like it's it, it's yeah. It's like I get why people would think that. But I, I just I can't I can't find a sound that is the same as what I heard. So I'm willing to believe that maybe it was just like a really. I don't even know. It was, it was, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like, it wasn't screaming. Like, like that's the thing. Everybody talks about like screaming, like a screaming child or screaming woman. And I get that that is generally a description for a mountain lion. And we do have those in Michigan. It sounded like a, a cackle, a laugh. I, I have no idea. It was so weird. It was like, it was like somewhere between the two. So again, I'm willing to admit that it could have been a bobcat or a mountain lion. Yet I'm, I just, I have not found a sound that made me feel like it was the same creature. So that's just from my personal experience. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just one of those things that sticks with you. And it's like maybe I'm just, maybe I'm exaggerating in my head over all these years. But I, it was like five minutes after it happened that we were listening to sounds of mountain lions, and I was saying at the time, I'm like, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't, I don't think that's the same thing. We just kept, they kept looking, and I think my friend was more pacified by it than I was, but I was curious and i was convinced that i was like that's that's not it so i don't know anyway. do you had you heard ever the dogman <clears throat> story at the time no I, I hadn't heard the dogman story till i was 20 something what did you think when you heard the story when i heard the story i was I, I had known hunters who had seen weird things in the woods and i'd known similar stories uh so i wasn't shocked by it being a story it was when i got to the part of it having a demonic screaming cackle that like really struck home to me. That was the first time I was like, holy shit, dog man might be real. Um, it was, it was literally just that, that sound for me that, that convinced me because I've heard other people say the same thing that it doesn't, it doesn't sound like a mountain lion. Like I, it's a mountain lion's not far off, but it's not the same. So 
Um, and that's why I generally discount the stories that say it howled or barked or, you know, like I've heard some people like just make it sound like a, a werewolf and I don't know, like some of the creepypasta stuff where I'm like, eh, you don't even know your folklore that well. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, it's like if you hear if you hear a howling in the woods and you see something that looks like a wolf, you're probably going to think wolf. If you see something that looks like a wolf, but it's way too big and it's making the sound similar ish to a mountain lion, that's not a wolf. So that's that's kind of my contention. Also, bobcats are tiny. So right. you wouldn't be able to like uh, the, the stories where it's the sound and the vis- visual at the same time doesn't match up with either one. There were uh, there was one famous photograph supposedly of Dogman. I didn't bring it up because it was proven. There's a couple of them that have been proven to be obviously fake. And that one just looked like a mountain lion standing against a fence anyway. And I guess it was I guess they found out that the the fake was a pretty well done fake, but it was uh Basically, they superimposed a picture of a mountain lion that was mounted on a at a museum or something like that into a photo. I don't know. Anyway, so I'm not, I'm gonna try not to bring up stuff that's like super super fake. But uh, yeah, we'll get into. A few, I want to do a few more of these stories, and then I want to get into the some of the evidence, and then Abby's gonna talk about uh, Bunny Man eventually. Um, so the 1986 Manistee, Michigan, there was a guy named Ray Greenway who was driving home from the Manistee Army Recruiting Station. Uh, he noticed something in a darkened field behind him. His headlights were reflecting off what appeared to be eyes, but they were much too high off the ground to be a deer. <clears throat> Suddenly, the unidentifiable creature began running towards him and made an incredible leap clear across a two-lane road. Uh, he said, there's no animal that could do that. Uh, I know it was not a deer. Uh, and he said that it had yellow or amber eyes and an impossible leaping ability. I do remember that I saw both eyes as if it was looking at me the whole time. Uh, so that's another thing. A lot of people see him crossing the roads. They say that they're extremely fast. They jump extremely high. There's actually quite a few stories of them leaping onto people's cars. Um, that could be a mountain lion from from some of those descriptions. Uh, there's another one from Reed City, Michigan in 1993 of a 13-year-old girl named Courtney. And this one is cited a lot. Apparently, Courtney's talked about this pretty publicly at times or pretty openly at times. Uh, She described, uh, she said she was sneaking out for a cigarette behind her family's house one winter. And uh, she saw the glint of light seeping out of the planks of an old abandoned barn. Uh, She followed its movement and slowly it dawned on her that something was there. She realized that the six foot tall thing hiding in the barn had the head of a dog and was uh, staring right at her. She ran off terrified. And later the neighbor confirmed that they too saw a creature out in that barn. Uh, they, they they described it, the neighbors described it, as a buffalo-sized dog lurking in the barn. <clears throat> so that one's been, uh, you know, supposedly corroborated by our neighbors. She's talked about it before. There's another one in, uh, well, there's there's one, in, okay, so like those are the normal cryptid-type sightings, right? There's one that, I, there's one story that I want to read. This was from Sparta, Michigan, and this is what kind of reminds me of some of the Bigfoot and Beast of Bray Road stuff. So this one's a little bit longer, but I want to get to this. I want to get into some of the evidence. So uh, it says uh, one weekend back in the fall of 1987. So that would have been after the song came out, but just my two best friends and I were staying at my family's cabin, which is not far from the small town of Sparta, about 20 minutes north of Grand Rapids. My two friends left to have dinner while I stayed behind at the cabin. Uh, Following the dinner, the men headed back to Sparta in the cabin which happened, uh, what happened next would shock and disturb them for years. So I'm just reading this off of uh, a website. So it says it was dark and they were on a rural road. Suddenly, both of them saw something standing by the side of the road. In the headlights of the car, it appeared to be a human-like figure covered in gray fur. 
As I got closer and passed the figure, both of them got a very good look at it. It was the size of a man, stood on two legs. It was covered head to toe in gray fur and had a wolf-like face. It even raised its hands and seemed to snarl at them as they drove by. They said it looked like a werewolf out of a Hollywood movie. My two friends didn't dare stop. They continued driving. And of course, they were preparing. Uh, they were peppering each other with questions. Did you see that too? Was it a dog? Was that someone dressed up in a costume and so on? Uh, they then passed by a sign that says, Welcome to Sparta and drove through the small town Main Street and continued out of town in the direction of my cabin. Their conversation about what had happened continued and both of them looked up to see the same sign again. Welcome to Sparta followed by the same main street that they had just been driving through only moments ago. They hadn't stopped or turned around. They hadn't been tra- they had been traveling in the same direction on the same road, but somehow without any noticeable interruption in their journey, they had been sent backwards in time several miles. And the reason I think this is interesting is because this is what you see in the Mothman lore. This is what you see in the Beast of Bray Road lore. This is what you see in Sasquatch lore. Um, and then kind of leads into the other belief about Dogman, and again there's actually been a lot of the stories that come out about Dogman coming out of portals Dogman uh related to ufo sightings which i've it's it's, it's interesting to me because if you're familiar and we'll do we'll do mothman at some point um because i know we talked about doing mothman for this episode because that's another virginia thing it's just it's too much to do to like just split it i feel like mothman is like a multi-episode deal um, but you see the same thing. You see these weird cryptids. This, this uh, people talk about uh, a few other notable things. They talk about this uh, overpowering fear that grips them even before they see it. Just when they're in the vicinity, before they even realize it, like they're just frozen in terror. Um, they talk about this one's more of a Sasquatch thing. But they talk about the smell of rotting flesh and meat. They talk about this terrible smell, which is why I think when you talk about stuff like Sasquatch and Bigfoot, that you, Bigfoot is a lot of different cryptids. It's like skunk apes in Florida are described the exact same way as Sasquatch and Bigfoot and Yeti. Like they're all described the same way, like really terrible smell, big ape like creature, huge feet, walks kind of funny. Um, but I, I feel like that's, you know, that's that's what's so interesting about uh, about Dogman as well. It's like it's I, I don't like from some of the descriptions, I don't know how it's being mixed up with Bigfoot, but it is. It's kind of like the lore kind of gets mixed together. So I don't know. What are your thoughts on the whole Bigfoot thing? I find it so fascinating, the intersection between talk about cryptids, talk about demons, and talk about aliens. Right. And <clears throat> the, I've heard that lore about time repeating, you know, driving and then going through somewhere else again or um, driving through some place that that's on your commute that you've never seen before. Or, you know, there's a lot of different like weird time, timey drivey things. Yeah. But the, the concept of like being in an area and suddenly feeling inexplicable, horrible fear Mm -hmm. is something that I have a couple different times in my life felt just out walking like on a rural dirt road in my general area um, both in Maine and here in Virginia, um, and just been like, I have to get inside right now. And you don't know if it's like in your head or if or if there's some sort of instinct that's telling you something. Right. You're yeah. like, I'm not staying to find out. Yeah, it is weird. I've had those times too where it's like you're just gripped by fear and you're like, I'm a rational person. I, I don't get scared easily. Like, why is this happening all of a sudden? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I've actually... 
it's a story for another day, but there was one time where I was gripped by fear so bad that I couldn't describe that it actually brought me to my knees and I ignored it and was very wrong for doing so. I almost got killed is my point. Uh, story for another day. But um, yeah, it was one of those things where I was like, this is all in my head. I know it's in my head. It has to be in my head. They're, like this fear is stupid. Like I'm not, I'm not a scared, I'm not a scared person. And I ignored it and I ignored it. And I ignored it. And then I almost, I almost got killed. So that fear was telling me something is my point. So I, I, I don't discount people yeah. that talk about uh, these, these types of stories. I also saw some people in the chat saying uh, demonic entity. That is what a lot of people uh, talk about. And I think, um, again, there, I would love to do an episode on Mothman at some point because I feel like there's a lot of similarities there, uh, especially in the intro to that book. The guy basically talks about uh, UFOs actually going back a lot further than our modern understanding of little gray aliens and round spaceships. Mm -hmm. uh, lights in the sky used to be described as like witches. And at one point they're described as this and that. And there seems to be a lot of evil activity around strange lights in the sky, strange lights in the woods. Um, I don't discount the idea that there is a evil demonic demonic entity in in the woods uh, in, in woods all over the world, uh, and that would describe a lot of these entities. So uh, the other thing that stands out to me is is the is the scent. And if right, um, if you read any like serious work on casting out demons, like any um, like serious theological, you know, it's kind of at the edge of of what Christians believe, but you know missionaries will tell you someone who's possessed by a demon will also will often smell really really bad and that's like one of the ways that you you know that they're possessed by a demon is like the rotting the absolute rot smell not not an unwashed body not someone who hasn't just showered in, in long enough but just rot yeah yeah i've i've witnessed it myself it's uh undescribable it, it, it's it's weird uh, again, there's there's a lot of reasons why I don't discount this. And I see some people saying story time. Oh, maybe we'll get into some story time in the in the rumble yeah. section if you guys want. But I, we do have to move through. I've, I've I got a few pieces of evidence I want to show. And I know uh, she's got more. Again, I could go through. I've got way more stories I'm going to get to right now because there's so many stories about Dogman. So I won't bore you guys with a bunch more stories. If you guys want more, maybe we'll maybe we'll bring up some more uh, later on in the in the rumble only chat. Would, um, while I'm talking about that, I'm going to drop the link for rumble in the description again we go to rumble uh so we can have kind of an open conversation get to hear your guys's questions um so if you guys are listening to this on on podcast later again please do all the nice stuff like subscribe uh, leave a review all that stuff really helps but if you want to get the full version of the show uh come over to rumble and i'm just going to tease something out really quick before i get back into this we are looking at doing more episodes bonus episodes um kind of a behind the paywall thing so we're going to be talking about that in the near future, we're building something uh, to be able to have, uh, be able to chat with you guys and give you guys more content and kind of make this a lot of fun uh, outside of the YouTube uh, <laughs> censorship as well. So um, that's the Rumble link in the chat there. If you're listening to this later, it'll be in the show notes. So, um, so some some piece of evidence. There's one uh, piece of evidence, and I, I ignored a lot of the photos for good reason, but there's this one called the McHale photograph, uh, and there's this woman D. McHale who was camping in the summer of 1968 in the Upper Peninsula. She saw a group of deer and intended to take a picture of them, but then she saw a giant dog-like creature that stood upright on its hind legs watching the deer for over two minutes, uh, which there's people who have talked, you know, people who are more familiar with wolves than I am say, yeah, wolves will stand up on their hind legs while stalking prey, but they've never seen them do it for more than a few seconds. Uh, and here is the picture in question. So, from what I've seen, this was an actual Polaroid and it has been looked at and there's nothing to indicate that this is Photoshopped in any way. 
Uh, so whatever this is, and again, it could be a still shot of a wolf standing on its hind legs for a second, uh, coupled with a story. I don't know. But that photo, from all the sources I can find, is real. Um, it's Again, it's not like super duper proof. It could be a, a, a wolf standing on its hind legs in a field, but it's it's a real photo at least. So um, that's one of them. And then this other one, th- this is a video I want to play for you guys. This is called The Beast of Seven Shoots, which I think is up in the UP which leads me to think that this isn't Dogman per se because there's a lot of UP Sasquatch stories, and I think this looks more like that. But I want to get your opinion on on this uh, this beast of seven shoots. So this is... Uh, you'll be able to see this a little bit. It's going to zoom up. And in the bottom right corner, you can see something there. And as the as the picture zooms up, it begins to look more and more like not a shadow let's put it that way i'm watching on the youtube screen because it's bigger okay that looks like a freaking gorilla it it looks like freaking sasquatch holding a pig under its arm i mean it really does that again is also a real photograph um and that's a man standing in that corner for comparison you can so you can see that it would have been about seven or eight feet tall so, uh, yeah, that's not the dog man. That I don't think it's the dog man either, but I think it's, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. So, <laughs> Katie says it's Harambe's dad. It's Harambe's dad. It's Harambe's revenge. He's, <laughs> he's coming for us all. Yeah. A couple so. people in chat said that the, the one in the field looked like a bear. And that was my, my first instinct too. You know how your, your brain at, at the very least, yeah. your brain's trying to make it into something that makes sense to you. Yeah. And so my brain was like, that's a bear. But I grew up in Maine where there's lots of bears. That's a weird angle for a bear, but it, it very well could be a small black bear. I like I, I again it's I brought it up because it's not photoshopped, but I don't think it's very good proof of dogman in and of itself. Yeah. Um, but that is that is part of the folklore. Um, and then I've got one video for you I want to play for you guys and a, a piece from a HuffPo article, and then we'll we'll move into the Dogman or the Bunny Man. So uh, there's this film that that uh, is called the Gable film. There's a lot of stories around this um, that basically someone found this in a, in a Goodwill, some old uh, VHS tapes or reels or something like that, shot from a, I think from a Super 8 Betamax camera. So I guess it would have been reels um, that is supposedly f- footage from the 1970s. So while let me let me play this. There's no audio to it, so I'm gonna play this in the background while I'm while I'm talking about this really quick. So basically, this uh, this old footage you can see it. It really looks like old Betamax footage. Uh, is of a film by Mike Argrusa that went viral on the internet during 2007. Uh, to describe this for people listening later, the film starts with a uh, with a man and his sons. Uh, the man's name is Aaron Gable. He's riding a snowmobile. On a stretch of land, it then cuts to Gable chopping wood before uh, reaching for a drink. Then it jumps to a view of the forest before cutting to Gable's dog playing and running around. So it's just like normal home footage type stuff so far, right? Uh, after a short amount of time, the film jumps to Aaron Gable repairing his truck. Uh, soon after that, he begins to drive down the road where his son operates the camera. The latter starts to record a creature crawling on all four in the forest. Not this. This is just his dog that we're seeing on the screen. Right now. Say, that, that looks like a normal dog. Yeah. yeah. Gable, stop, yeah. Gable stops the truck and takes the camera off of his son. He follows the creature's trail on foot. After a few shots of Gable walking and running through the woods, the film cuts to a shot of the creature. Uh, so really quick. 
I described it for you guys. I want to play the slowed down still part of this. This has been described by some as the uh, the uh, Gim. What is it called? Patterson Gimlin film of of Bigfoot. So if you guys are familiar with Pat or Dogman, if you're familiar with the Patterson Gimlin film, that's the famous one of Bigfoot walking. Um, that pe- you know that kind of kicked off the whole thing. So here is the slowed down, stabilized version of what he saw in the woods. So again, no audio. But uh, just watch this. Tell me what you think. You can see something. It's only a few seconds running at the camera. So, yeah, let me know in chat what what this looks like to you when you first see it. I can see Abby's face. What do you you think when you first see this? It just seems too, like, burly and thick to be what I what I was imagining for like yep sorry another video started auto playing <laughs> looks too burly and thick uh some people said it looks like a bear um the first time looks I watched like except for the head right the first time I watched it 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 struck me as weird because at, when I first found this film I was looking for evidence that it was fake obviously a lot before I even watched the film and everything I was seeing was like, yeah, no, like here's here's people saying, yes, I found this footage at a Goodwill or wherever. And I like it was all this stuff leading up to, no, this is just some real found footage. Apparently, the whole thing is fake. That is a man in a ghillie suit. But if you don't know that, it is kind of like your mind fills in the blanks. It's it's kind of shaky and kind of dark. And it it looks creepy. Like to me, it doesn't quite look like a bear. It doesn't quite look like a wolf. It looks like something odd running at a man in the woods. Uh, so like I, I, I get it, you know, it, it's good for a prank. It is really good for a prank. Yeah, yeah. Very good. But yeah, um, life to the max said it before, before you said it, the way it moves seems like a human on all fours. And that's what my brain was feeding me too. But I was like, nothing, which, nothing makes sense about this which, video. Which actually would point towards Dogman though, a little bit considering Dogman is bipedal and quadruped quadrupedal so it would not move like a bear or a wolf it would move like more like a human on all fours right supposedly so like that was kind of my first thought with it um i got one more uh, piece of evidence i almost forgot and then we'll get in this this show might go a little long but it's all good we're covering two really interesting things um so there was also a 911 call uh an onstar call from 2007 we've got the audio here i want you to listen to this and tell me what you think I guess 2006. Uh, for emergency, this is Kyle speaking. How can I help you? Hello? Something just ran in front of us on the road. We're in the ditch. We, we rolled over. How many people are in the car, and is anyone injured? There's two of us. I, I, th- I don't think we have any injuries. Is the car on its top or wheels or what? No, it's kind of sitting on its side. Hold one moment, please, while I contact emergency services. Okay. Okay, the state police should be on their way in a few minutes. Is everyone still okay? Yeah, I think we're okay. What ran in front of you? A deer? I, I don't know what the hell it was, but it was big. It looked like a great big dog. I was standing up. Was it a bear, maybe? Maybe. I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
So thought before I react, what, what's your what's your thoughts when you first hear this? My thoughts is that the person is coughing, and there's no like, "Are you okay? Are you okay?" He says, "I think we don't have any energy injuries," and then there's like coughing, which would imply that maybe there's something wrong, and they're not talking to each other. They're not like the people in the car are not like doing what you'd expect people to do who just rolled over. Right, right. So for me, like, here's what I love about the dogman stuff. Like on one hand, I do think there's there's a, a possible a good possibility of dogman. Yeah. On the other hand, it makes a great scary story. It makes a great campfire story. It makes a great creepypasta. This is obviously fake. Like the, the thing yeah. that really pointed out to me being fake was the do, the dogman rushes the car and all of a sudden the, it cuts out. Like why why would it why would the OnStar just cut out because he ran into your window? Like that's made no sense. Or he just cuts out there. He's like, are you, yeah, are you there? Are you okay? Of- like that really got to. It. I was like, okay, it's obviously fake. But it sounded it sounded like if it was just hey you here's a guy who crashed and he's reporting that he saw something like a dogman. Yeah. If that's all it was, I would have been like, hey, that could be real. But it was the <laughs> is the very movie like attack at the end and the, the phone cutting right. out for no reason. You know, it's like the car that explodes when it hits a rock on the side of the road. Uh, just, the 911 operator would also not be like, what did you see? They'd be asking more like, right. Where yeah. Are yeah. You? yeah. <laughs> so again, make some really great creepypasta stuff. It makes for a good story. Um, whether, whether it's true or not. Uh, the last thing I want to read just from this HuffPo article about Steve cook. It says Steve cook, the author of the Dogman song, said he spoke with an elder from the Ottawa Chippewa tribe in the 1980s who believed dogmen were members of a shape-shifting skinwalking tribe who became stuck somewhere between their human and animal forms. As for his personal beliefs on dogmen on upright canines, he's skeptical about their existence. Cook thinks there's probably a natural explanation for most of the reports he receives, though he adds he's not arrogant enough to think human beings know everything that goes on in the wilderness. The Dogman Troubadour, who admits he played a role in perpetrating the Gable film hoax, the one that we played a little bit ago, uh, said he tries to take an entertainment perspective on the sightings. He said the popularity of his song has allowed him to raise more than $60,000 for various animal charities, and it's also inspired a feature film, Dogman, directed by Richard Brower, uh, which debuted in Traverse City last year. I don't know what, what year this article was written, but there is a there is a Dogman movie or a few movies. So... Um, Anyway, that's that's what I have for Dogman. We'll get into Bunny Man. I will say this. There's one thing that I didn't bring up that I will bring up in the post chat that I think is super fascinating. Um, so I'll save it for you guys over there. You want to come to Rumble. Uh, that was Dogman. So what do you got for us on... Uh, what do you? Well, first of all, what are your thoughts on Dogman now that you've, you've heard it? There were a couple times where I got chills, but in, in mostly the... Uh, what did you say? Her name was Courtney, where yeah. where the story was corroborated by her neighbor. That was the one that was like the was the most convincing. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm not sure I remember what what the other moment was, but yeah, it it sounds like it's one of those. Unfortunately, as soon as the story starts to take off, you're going to start to get hoaxes, and then it's a really lot difficult to parse things out or take something seri- seriously and not others because you our our instinct is to go all or nothing. Like it's either. Every story is true or every story is false, and it's really difficult to pick and choose. Having heard so many hunting stories from people that I, I know are credible, good people that have seen weird things and, heard, and smelled that weird smell and had that sense of fear strike them, or you know, all these things corroborated, and I've listened to so many stories of Dogman, I do think there's something to it. It's unfortunate that there is just so much hoax around it that it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's not easy to take it seriously. So um, I think that stuff can be fun for 
you know, creepy pasta, but it, it doesn't help it for the people. There's people out there who are making documentaries who really, really believe in Dogman, and I think that they're probably as frustrated as anybody with like, all right, but like, let's parse it out for like what people like. At least find people whether they're telling you know whether they're right or wrong. They're at least they at least saw something that they believe was Dogman right. uh, would be easier. So, uh, Katie Zed says my thoughts on Dogman. Michiganders are weird. Fair, so true. Fair. So, what do you got for us on Bunny Man? Well. There's absolutely nothing to it. Or, <laughs> or is or there? Or is there? <laughs> so the the most complete form of of the legend uh, was posted in 1999 by a man named Timothy Forbes online. And in this in this version of the story, you have this this town in in Fairfax, Virginia, rural town called Clifton, and. There was an asylum prison in that town, and the town was trying to trying to grow, trying to get nicer, trying to gentrify a little bit. And they were like, hey, uh, this is really cramping our vibe. Can you please move these prisoners, shut down this asylum? And so the government finally was like, fine, we will, we will. So they, they moved to shut down the asylum and transfer the prisoners to uh, a prison, an actual prison. <laughs> and they put them all on buses, several buses. And, uh, well, one of the buses didn't make it to its destination. It uh, saw something in the road, rolled over. It saw a dog man in the road is what it saw. Yeah, it saw yeah. a dog man in the road. Saw Mothman because it's in Virginia. Anyway, yep. um, this is in uh, 1904. Um, and basically all were accounted for except for two men, Marcus Walster and Douglas Griffin. Uh, Walster is just like your run-of-the-mill crazy guy, but Griffin uh, had apparently killed his wife and child on Easter, which is an interesting little fact <laughs> <laughs> for the bunny story. And in the following weeks, citizens of Clif Clifton started to find uh Skinned, partially eaten rabbits hanging from trees and hanging from this overpass in the area. So it was a, it is, because it still exists, a railroad track that that passes over a road. And so the road kind of goes through this tunnel underneath the railroad track. And so the, they found these rabbits hanging from the overpass. And then uh, a few days later, what do they find hanging from the bridge but Walster? Also skin, just like the rabbits. So this does art imitate life or does life imitate art? Because this feels like a horror movie it, <laughs> plot. It feels like the script of a horror movie. Yes. Yeah. It, it absolutely does. Yeah. And eventually the police the police supposedly spotted Griffin in the woods. They've been hunting for him for a long time. Um and he he goes up to the train tracks he's like you know they're chasing him through the through the area he goes up onto the train tracks and then he he tries to like jump jump but then he gets hit by train as one and does as one as one does and so but the police officers heard him laughing right before he died <laughs> <laughs> and then every year well, several years following on Halloween, not every single one because it skips some years, but uh, 
the following year on Halloween, or a, a bunch of teenagers go to hang out under the bridge, and right around midnight, uh, they they die. They just they get their throats slit. And then the next year or a couple years later, the teenagers think, you know what would be fun? Go to the same place where people just died a year ago and do the same thing. As, t- as teenagers actually do. <laughs> yeah, this is totally normal behavior. I um, mean, no, I think it actually is, though. <laughs> like. <laughs> Everybody, everybody every teenager wants to find that place. It's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe, you know, the scare factor going on. One of the girls the second time was like, I don't know if this is a good idea. I'm going to hide over here in the bushes and watch. So she watches. <laughs> and at midnight, this like light appears. And then they're screaming. I'm, I shouldn't be laughing because if this was true, it would be horrific. But it's it's not. Um. They're screaming and then all her friends are dead because their throats are slit and their guts are slit. Were they hung and, from the bridge? And yes. And then, okay. and then they're hung from the bridge. <laughs> um, but oh, apparently this only happens on Halloween and it doesn't happen every year, but it only happens to teenagers and it's only right at midnight and then they get hung from the bridge. <laughs> so yeah i hear some people in chat saying the, the the truest part sounding part of this story is the teenagers going to a place where they think people were murdered 100 <laughs> percent. so what, what what is the truth to the story is there any is there any truth to it i mean with this being you know katie zed said in chat it sounds like a true crime story so it seems like there would be murder Thank records you. police records what what is there as far as that goes um there's there's nothing there are there are no there are no records that the asylum even existed. The prison that the uh, inmates were supposedly being transferred to wasn't built until later. Even the bridge itself wasn't built until two years after this is supposedly happened. Um, nothing, nothing quite lines up about the original story. H- however. However. <laughs> however. In 1970, there was a, a guy named Robert Bennett and his fiance. They were visiting relatives um, in, in Burke, which is not the same town, but it's s- somewhat nearby. And uh, it, was, it was late at night, and they parked their car in a field to talk. <laughs> It's an interesting euphemism. Go ahead. <laughs> That's what they said. That was the story. And s- suddenly their their window is just blown. It like smashed in. Um, and this, what they reported to the police was that this guy dressed in a bunny <clears throat> suit had thrown a hatchet through their window, which didn't hurt them but broke their window wearing a bunny suit and then was really mad at them for trespassing. He's like, you're on private property. I have your license number. And so they like get really scared, drive away really quickly, make a police report. Now the guy insists that it's, that it was a, it was a guy with in a bunny suit. However, the fiance 
thought it looked more like a like a Ku Klux Klan outfit. <laughs> so oh. it was either a Klansman or a bunny man. Uh, it, <laughs> easy mistake to easy mistake to make. Yeah, I think either a pointy center or two pointy floppy ears. Yeah, either two flop ears or a pointy center. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, I get those it was confused those all two. the time. Yeah. I get really triggered on uh on Easter. <laughs> <laughs> so, 10 days later, um in this same general area um um a, it's like a construct new construction site for new houses. So you we have, you know, again similar to the legend, this kind of theme of new construction. And, and development happening in the area. And the construction security guard, Paul Phillips, um, sees this guy on the porch of an unfinished home with a with an axe just chopping away at the new construction in a bunny costume. <laughs> As one does, who loses a bet. As one does. And then he's like, if you're trespassing and if you come any closer, I'll chop off your head. So the security guard's like, um, okay. And so he goes like back to his car for his gun. And then when he comes back, the, the bunny man's gone. So he makes a report to Fairfax County Police. They immediately link these two incidents together since they're so close together. And they've both been reported as a guy in a money suit. Uh... And in the weeks following, more than 50 people contacted the police claiming to have seen the money man. But no other reports pan out. No other sightings end up being anything more than like kids telling stories at school. But several newspapers, including the Washington Post, reported all this and also reported this strange other detail that the bunny man had eaten a cat that had run away. <laughs> was there, was there privilege or somebody just found like a dead cat and just like linked it together? I don't even know if they, f I don't even think they found a body. I think it was just somebody was like, my cat went missing. It had to have been the bunny <laughs> man because cats don't run away for any other reason. Or get eaten. Like this is a really uh, rural right. part of Virginia, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty rural. Yeah. So, so the dog man ate the cat and the bunny man got blamed for it is what you're telling us. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so, it's, it's the wash. Yeah. Katie said it's the Washington post. It must be true. <laughs> it must be true. Washington post where bunny men die in darkness. <laughs> so true. Yeah. So there's lots of different versions of the story, but it seems like on the whole, most of this is, is spread by young people in the area and, and there's different versions. A lot of them include an ax. A lot of them include the concept of like trespassing or um, new development coming in. I, and I think a lot of like the cultural moment is this really rural place kind of coming to terms with the fact that it was being, you know, a lot of changes were happening and, kids telling scary stories and just like a lot of kind of things coming together at once to create a story that met the moment. Yeah. However, however, 
um, I, I would completely dismiss this if it weren't for the fact that the bunny man, we have evidence that the bunny man is uh, running the country. There we go. The bunny man in action. Look, the bunny man is actually directing the president of the United States where to go, <laughs> what to do. <clears throat> that, it, it's a bunny man in drag. I mean, <laughs> well, the bunny man, you know, updating with the times, obviously. As one, as one. I mean, this is just, this is truly chilling. This is, I hope everyone in chat is okay. Yeah. Like, the bunny I, man I literally is controlling the nation. Yeah. <laughs> Truly chilling evidence. Life um, to the max is that uh, that person is doing carrot face. <laughs> so there are two things that crack me up about this. One, yeah. Fairfax County is, is like commuterville for DC. So the idea that the bunny man is controlling the country is, is not actually that far fetched. And the person in that suit probably <laughs> lives around. <laughs> yeah. The person in the bunny man suit probably comes from Fairfax, Virginia. <laughs> Maybe they're the one out there scaring kids on Halloween. I had read with the bunny man bridge that like they have so many people that go there every year. That the police have to turn them away from like hanging out at this bridge on Halloween. A couple years ago, there was this whole like massive checkpoint because the, the bunny man story had become so popular that like hundreds of people were trying to go to it and they were like, <laughs> no, we're stopping everybody and not letting you through. So when, when did, do you, do you know when this uh, originated? Like, wasn't there a, I don't know, like a Reddit thread or a creepypasta or something where this kind of like first got people's attention or cause it, it, it seems like, it, sorry, go ahead. I believe it was that initial article by Timothy Forbes in 1999 that was posted that that's the kind of most complete story. Gotcha. But there's been historical work by people since that kind of there's there's a librarian um, in the area who's who's done some work on it, and there was a college student who did her thesis on it, um, basically completely debunking it. Um, just observable observable fact, like <clears throat> you know. So it's probably folklore that built. probably yeah. just folklore that developed out of in 1970s. Some dude in a bunny yeah. man terrorized two people. And then it was like, oh, there's also this creepy bridge and yeah. uh, there's an asylum that we're going to make up that never existed. That's <laughs> I mean, it's just that's what it's, it seems to me. It's just like yeah. naturally evolving folklore of, of teenagers in the area, like trying to scare their friends. I think so. And I think that the best evidence for that is the fact that so many people reported sightings and then. And then none of them panned out. There was right. no, they all ended up just being kids passing stories and saying, oh, I know somebody who saw it. And I think that this, it just captured the attention of the kids in the area at the time. Yeah. For some, for some reason. Yep. But, but I did go see the bridge yesterday. She did. Yeah. So if you guys want to see what this looks like. That is the Bunny Man Bridge. It's a small tunnel bridge out in the middle of the woods. A little creepy inside, not gonna lie. So what'd you what'd you think of it? So 
first off, I was I was doing my research yesterday, and then I was like, I wonder. I just got to check and see how far it is away from me. And when I realized it was <clears> only half an hour, I was like, shoot, I'm, I'm using my lunch break to go see this thing. I don't care if I yeah. die. <laughs> <laughs> like, I went alone. Um, <laughs> very, very silly thing to do. But anyway, um, I, I drove over there, and what immediately struck me was once I got on the road that I knew was the correct road that the bridge was going to be on, it was straight up mansions, like high end real estate, multi million dollar houses, almost all the way down. Every once in a once in five lots or so, there'd be like a normal to run down house. But for the most part, everything on this stretch is money. Which I was not expecting at no, all. No, I would not expect I thought it would be like in the sticks. Yeah, I mean yeah. it is. It but is yeah, but like not not nice houses. Yeah, Ex- exactly. I respected a a creepy old man to be standing on the side of the road, like <laughs> looking at you, like <laughs> you're going the wrong way. Yeah, like some horror movie stuff. There, like you, there you, there'd be a gas station. You know, you'd stop at a gas station. Some guy'd be like, "Where are you going?" He's like, well, "You sh- you kids shouldn't be going out there." Yeah. There were there were tons of. I really wanted to park and like, you know, get out, walk around, get a feel for it. Yeah. Um, but there was so many no parking signs. I can imagine. <laughs> um, and there was one lady I, I had driven through the tunnel looking for some place to park and passed an old lady. And by the time I turned around and came back, she was like walking toward the bridge. So I was like, she's going to catch me and yell at me. <laughs> pulling on a, pulling like on a bunny man head. <laughs> like walking yeah. towards you with yeah, an axe. She was, she yeah. was definitely putting on a bunny man outfit yep. um so <laughs> she she looked fine she just looked like she was probably gonna like get mad at me if i stopped so i think i think I, katie found the real conspiracy of tonight's episode that uh the bunny man in washington dc would have been a lizard person wearing a bunny outfit think about that so true it's in washington yeah so a lizard person in a bunny outfit is controlling the country you heard it here first folks you heard it, you we, we break the real stories on conspiracy pilled so uh, yeah, <laughs> you thought you were just going to get some cool folklore and some cryptids and we, we discovered who's running the country. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. But I do, I do think that, that one of the things that kind of explains where this particular folklore came from is that you have an area that's like super rural that has this, this old bridge that looks like it wants to tell a story. And then everything around it is so sanitized. All the buildings are, there's so much money and, I think that that like combination absolutely lends itself to this bridge must be cool. There must be a story. There has to be a story. Like there's something dark behind the veneer of society or something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like exactly. it. That's a cool story. Yeah. I've, I've, I've got friends that uh, were really interested in us covering that. So I thought it would be a cool one to cover. So, yeah. And uh, yeah, so we each got to cover something a little bit local. There's actually, um, Besides Dogman movies, there's Bunny Man movies. There are Bunny Man. The movies. Bunny Man Massacre. It's a trilogy, isn't it? Yeah. It's um. <laughs> what is? Let's see. I had it here. Well, I think we should do. What I think we should do is we should go over to Rumble and we should react to the Bunny Man and the Dogman movie trailers. Let's do uh, it. I've got a story uh, to continue the Dogman story. If you guys really want to come over, there might have been a Catholic saint who was a Dogman. 
I'm not joking. I'm not making that up. We're going to be talking about that. We're talking about more. We're going to answer your questions. We're going to be previewing some stuff that's coming up in the future. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you're missing out, come over to Rumble. Uh, ask us your questions. Chat with us there. See all the stuff that you don't get here. Uh, unless there's anything, I just want to show, throw that out there before. Anna, is there anything else you want to get to before we head over to Rumble? No, I'm excited. Let's do it. All right, cool. Well, again, thank you guys so much for listening to Conspiracy Pilled. Uh, we appreciate you guys being here. We will be back every Wednesday at 7.03 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble. And if you listen to this later, please, again, share this with a friend. Give it a five-star view. Do all those great things. It really helps us. This show has been growing very fast for this being its seventh episode, so we appreciate you guys so much. See you all over on Rumble. <laughs>